The following sermon was delivered by Rev. Laurel Gray at the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. On this Christmas Eve, our call to worship is from the Rev. Gretchen Haley. This is called, We Have an Old Story to Tell. Calling all who cannot wait any longer for joy, for hope and some good news, even a little. The time has come, the waiting is over. Here in this time we have told, we have an old story to tell, one that has been shared over and over for thousands of years. But still, somehow, it remains unheard, still radical and risky, breaking through into these days of darkness and cold, division and fear, interrupting the perpetual stories of violence and loss and the feelings of powerlessness. Into the errands and errors of our everyday, Christmas arrives not only to comfort but to awaken, to reassure and also to stir us up as a new life, a life of peace and justice and courageous love struggles to be born. Wondering if we will yet be the ones who make room in our lives and in our world for the refugee, the poor, the plain and messy sweetness of a newborn baby. If we will take the journey to Bethlehem, if we will be changed by the presence of a love that meets us where we are, in the fields wherever we lay, and calls us forth into a new journey, a braver and bolder life, believing that it is not too late for strong and gentle people to win, for compassion and truth to have the final say, for the bright light of hope to shine through even on the darkest night. Come, let us celebrate the good news of Christmas as we worship together. And this is Let the Stable Still Astonish by by Leslie Leyland Fields. Let the stable still astonish, straw, dirt floor, dull eyes, dusty flanks of donkeys, oxen, crumbling, crooked walls, no bed to carry that pain, and then the child, rag wrapped, laid to cry in a trough. Who would have chosen this? Who would have said, yes, let the God of heaven and earth be born in this place? Who but the same God, who stands in the darker corner, fouler rooms of our hearts, and says, yes, Let the God of heaven and earth be born in this place. Don't worry. Just do it perfectly. When I was in college, I spent a summer for working for a certain Martha, the empire, not the person, though she was there amidst the empire. And I worked in editorial crafts, which was a fancy way of saying that we made all the handmade things for the magazine. 
So in order to have everything prepared and ready, perfectly articulated and seamlessly edited, Christmas preparation began in the summer. See, perfection is really expensive. It takes time and resources to create such an illusion. And that year, the empire of Martha was trying to sell more glitter. And I will say, my biggest regret in life in terms of scale and impact uh, is participating in the sale of non-biodegradable glitter, you know, microplastics and biohazards and such. And that Christmas edition was an homage to glitter. One particular spread featured a nautical-themed Christmas tree covered in glittered ombre shells and tiny sailboats. And one day, as my coworker Amy and I sat hunched over our miniature sailboats surrounded by glitter and glue and paintbrushes, the art director came stomping into the studio. She looked at us with our glitter and our tiny sailboats and yelled, don't worry. Just do it perfectly. By which, it turns out, she meant that we were to wash the string rigging on the miniature sailboats to make sure that there was not a speck of glitter out of place. Now, if you've ever done a glitter craft or been near one, trying to control glitter is not a reasonable expectation. Hence the biohazard thing and my regrets. But this was the empire of perfection, right? So we washed the miniature rigging on those tiny sailboats. Now, many months later, as Christmas approached, I waited expectantly for the December issue of the magazine to come out so I could see my tiny, perfect glitter sailboats in print. And the tree looked beautiful. I tracked down the photo for you. And the boats were so small in the photo that you couldn't even tell there was rigging, let alone that it was immaculate and we had washed it. See, the pursuit of perfection is a waste. And the idea that we can pursue perfection without experiencing any stress or emotional disconnect is wildly absurd. This season asks so much of us. Expectations are so high. Everything must glitter perfectly, right? No matter what else is going on. And part of that is fun and exciting. I'm all for a good craft project. And yet, getting caught up in striving for perfection, trying so hard to perfectly execute festive cheer that we lose the honesty and the joy it can distract our focus from what's actually important. And in truth, the Christmas story that we just heard is a messy one. One that asks us to reconsider what matters and whose power we worship. So don't worry if it's not perfect. It was never supposed to be. And that's actually the point. The holy, imperfect, the power of the vulnerable, that is the point. The Christmas story is one of the sacred showing up in unexpected people and places. It's about the outcast and the overlooked being the epicenter of liberation and love. It's about joy and new life being the greatest threat 
to the controlling despair of empire. It's about following the call of the stars on that meandering path towards holy connection and improbable change. It's about a woman knowing her own power, for virginity long ago was not about sex at all. It was about self-possession, attunement to one's own strength, even and especially in a world that tells us we are powerless. So when Mary accepts the call of this child, it has nothing to do with what she's done with Joseph and everything to do with a transcendent kind of courage, with making space for possibility and new life, making room for the sacred to arrive in unexpected places. So don't worry if it's not perfect. I actually think perfection or the illusion of it should be met with skepticism and questions. The suggestion of a perfect snowy scene behind that glitter sailboat Christmas tree, it was edited in. The view through that window was actually the lower Manhattan skyline in the middle of July. This was a false wall constructed inside a massive photo studio that happened to be large enough for fake rooms because the building was originally occupied by a defense contract company. It's amazing how much you can hide with glitter. And I, for one, would rather we use our time and energy and global resources caring for humanity not trying to hide it or harm it or hide the harm done to it. And I will admit that celebrating Christmas feels complicated given the state of things. But maybe remembering this ancient story is actually really important right now because it's not just a story about the miracle of a new child. That is part of it. But this story lifts up a particular child and says, this is the place of liberation. This child born in the rubble without shelter or medical care, this child is not only fully human, but is also profoundly sacred. And the story of this child will change the world. See, lifting up his humanity and his sacredness is a profound threat to the empire. The story tells us this, right? King Herod wants him killed. Because when we center the outcast, when we shirk all the systems of power and privilege and prioritize the most dehumanized among us, then we are all liberated. When we see the humanity in the person who the empire says is inhuman, we crack the very foundation upon which oppressive power stands. This refusal to treat anyone's humanity as conditional is at the very heart of universalism. The refusal to believe that some are damned and some are chosen and there's nothing anyone can do about it. The rejection of that idea, predestination, is the seed from which our modern Unitarian Universalism grew. Which is to say, we hold it as true that we are all inextricably bound to the fabric of humanity and what we do does matter. All the ways that we push back when we see dehumanization, 
all the ways we make room for joy and rest so that our spirits have the stanima and the agility for change, all of it matters. And none of it is perfect. Because change never is perfect. It is necessarily messy because it disorders what has come before it. And it's hard to imagine, let alone believe amidst that chaos, that there might be an end to the violence and abuses of power. So it is in that moment, on that long night, when we long for peace but our hearts are shaken, on that night, which is this night, we remember a story that asks us to turn our gaze away from the powers that be, asks us to imagine that a different force might be more powerful than even the cruelest king. Because life has a way of arriving and persisting in the most impossible places. It matters that we make space for the sacred magic of nights like tonight. Because hope and love and joy cannot be contained. They are messy and tender and unyielding, and that is how we remake the world. So don't worry if it's not perfect. It was never supposed to be. On this night, we retell this ancient story so that we remember what matters, so that we might help reorder the world. We turn towards this babe, covered in dust and, de and debris, and yet profoundly alive and asking us to love. We turn towards this woman who answered the call of her own power, even though it scared her. We turn towards this man who tried to care for his family under impossible circumstances. We turn toward the power that reorders the world and centers the outcast, and we say this, this is holy. This is how I align my own life. This is how I will align my own life. I'll end with this prayer from the Reverend Carter Smith. Spirit of life, on this night may we bear witness to the guiding lights the lights in the sky that call us to gather and to give of ourselves to celebrate new life. May we receive and offer good tidings, the news that life and its seasons go on, that tyrannical rulers do not have the final word, and that despair is not everlasting. May our sense senses be awakened to delight in the gifts of fragrance and warmth, to savor the feasts before us, and to revel in the feelings of laughter and embraces. May we breathe deeply as we sit with the quiet stillness of these short days. May our hearts beat a rhythm of gladness as we lift our voices to proclaim the joy of this season. Amen and blessed be.
Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.